challenge them to be to think like leaders, to think like entrepreneurs. And and I think that that will bring us to a, a place where we have a, a whole a whole new society and a whole new way of presenting the arts. Welcome to Arts Engines. I am your host, Aaron Dworkin. And with us as today's guests, we have Thomas Douglas, who is a leading conductor and serves as director of opera studies and director of choral activities at Carnegie Mellon University. Thomas, welcome to the show. Thank you, Aaron. It's so good to be here. I'm really glad. Really. Oh, well, it's so great to be able to have this opportunity to, uh, you know, gain insight and uh, knowledge from you and all of your experiences uh, and your leadership in our field. And also, I should share as well that Carnegie Mellon is our co-curator for this show. Uh, they serve as one of the amazing creative partners for uh, Arts Engines. So with that, I figured I would delve right in. You know, this is... You know, I think a unique time for sure in our society, in our country, and thinking about how we're preparing the artist of tomorrow, right, is such a critical question. We have to deal with all of these things that are so urgent, but how we're preparing tomorrow's musical artists is really critical, important. And you're tackling that work at, at Carnegie Mellon and just wondering if you could share a little bit more about kind of the focus of how you view that and how you view your role there at Carnegie Mellon as, as we think about that preparation. Sure. Well, you know, this, um, this, uh, this disaster in terms of our health care and what's going on in terms of our pandemic has really created um, a necessity to do things differently, but in some ways we do things the same. Differently in that I ask myself the question when I think about the pandemic, what is this allowing for us to do that we weren't able to do before? What kind of situations now can we have that we didn't have before? What can we teach the students now that we weren't able to teach before? And so it, there's been a rise in just uh, more technology, learning more about how to uh, present yourself on camera, how to do your own lighting, how to do your own sound. So um, we've moved to one of our first Opera that we recorded. It was completely um, uh, filmed and, and done with with all the um, correct distancing and all the, uh, the all that we're supposed to be doing these days. So um, we somehow managed to find ways to have duets happen with people being filmed in separate rooms and separate times. And with editing, we've put it together. So, so in some ways, we're learning things that are new. And the students are really rising to the occasion. They're learning how to use Zoom in a way that really looks like you know, you've actually filmed something in the studio. But, but I would say, on the other hand, things are the same in that it, uh, we are requiring a certain level of discipline. I mean, no matter what the situation is, when you come to class, get out of your slippers, get out of your bean bag, put down your cup of tea, and pay attention. So, so that's why sometimes I even teach in my own uh, office. I go in just to, um, just to give them the sense of things that haven't really changed that much, that we're still in school, we still have a lot to learn. So I think the, the whole rise in technology is something that's very big, but the, but the whole call to discipline is still something that's still foundational. 
Yeah. So, and there's so many things involved in there. So one of the things I've, I'm wondering is, have you noticed, is there a difference in, in the way that your students are learning? So obviously they're learning online, but do you find that there are different techniques that you're able to utilize to help prepare them or to communicate or share information or to inspire them to get to change or to incorporate these aspects of discipline or those types of things. Are you finding that there's any new techniques that work in this environment? Well, I think that um, just the pandemic has created a situation where the students have to take on more responsibility themselves. And so I, knowing that that's the case, I try to use that as a, as, as a call to attention, as a call to responsibility. For instance, how do you have a choir rehearsal you know, on Zoom? It means that people have to really sing by themselves and they can't rely on the other person so that, that therefore they have to really know their own part. And, and, and something rises up in them of, of pride and a, and a good sort of pride when they know that they know their part. So, um, so I, I, I try to be as animated and inspiring as possible on camera because it's, it's, it's difficult to go from this two dimension into an, a real kind of uh, interaction. So um, my, uh, my desire is to just to be um, very active, very interested. I ask questions a lot just to get them to respond different than um, it might feel if we were in the classroom. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I think it's just, you know, this kind of brave new world that, that we're in. So as you think about, you know, specifically thinking about, uh, you know, this aspect of, of opera, I'm wondering, are there things that you think will be different in the field? So as you're thinking about and preparing students, that now they will actually live a different reality than we might have in you know, the past 10 years? Are there things that are new things that you feel you're preparing them for? Yeah, I think it's absolutely going to be different. And that's something, Aaron, that we just don't know exactly how that's going to turn out. But as things kind of unfold and come back together, it's going to come back to a new reality. And we don't know exactly what that's going to be like, but I know it's going to involve technology. I know it's going to involve bringing people from further distances closer in some way because of technology. You know, now you can go to a concert in California just on, you know, on Zoom or Instagram. It wasn't... Uh, wasn't possible before. So I think the students are learning that they're going to have to present themselves uh, through technology in a different way and that they, they can use technology in order to um, bring themselves together and to create new pieces. One of the um, projects that we're working on uh, in, for our second opera is we took taken all the students 18 of them and divided them into two groups of nine and each of them are creating an opera based on um, compiling material that already exists, but writing characters, writing dialogue and libretto in between, and filming it and then presenting it, about an hour long for each pastiche. And um, so we know that they're learning new techniques of how to present themselves, how to create, how to write, how to put things together, how to make decisions, how to put a hang wallpaper behind yourself, that, all that kind of stuff. So I think it's gonna, look, it's gonna look different in the next few years. Awesome. And you know, as you look forward, do you think that with some of these changes, it may actually make our art form more 
accessible. And if so, are you kind of in any way preparing your students for how they could be leaders in that new accessibility that might exist? Yeah, um, I think it's going to be um, different in that it's going to be expanded. I think that we may be able to return to some of the traditional ways of presentation, but I think now that we have um, more technology and this challenge, it's going to be an expanded way to present. So there'll be more possibilities, more variables, more ways that that can happen. And so um, Carnegie Mellon has always been good about um, pre uh, preparing leaders. And I think that the challenge that we give them is to you create, you decide, what would you do? What would your idea be? And just to challenge them to, be, to think like leaders, to think like entrepreneurs. And, and I think that that will bring us to a, a place where we have a, a, whole, a whole new society and a whole new way of presenting the arts. Awesome. So just to delve into that, you know, you mentioned kind of that how they can be entrepreneurs. Yeah. Um, and how do you view that and, and how does that kind of manifest in terms of how you're preparing students, those entrepreneurial skill sets, right? Like, you know, back in the day, you could just do your art, focus, hit the practice room, and then hopefully find a management and, and you know, they would uh, create a, a storybook career for you. Uh, obviously, that's not the reality anymore. So how do you view that role of, of entrepreneurial skill sets and how we empower our students? Well, we've been really great. We have uh, several of our faculty members who teach entrepreneurial classes. And in those classes, they um, challenge the students to learn and think about things differently. And one, one simple thing is, how do you create your own website? How do you decide what your, what your look is going to be? How do you decide what kind of things you're going to put on your website and, and, and how you're going to organize it? So, you know, just beginning to get them to create, getting them to be the leader, not to just sit back and absorb, but to think, to think about how they want to take on um, new ideas. You know, because we know that, uh, what is it, 60% of college freshmen or college students change their major at some point. So, so that means that when they come in, they're, they're still creating, they're still trying to figure out where it is they need to go. And I think it's our responsibility to really pay attention to those individual students, find out what they're really interested in, uh, give them ways that they can start to move forward in those, in those ways. And, and it'll start to emerge. It usually happens around sophomore year that you start to find out, you know what, I'm really not interested in opera, but I'm really interested in uh, opera management. Uh-huh. So if that's the case, and let me get you in touch with this person or a, another person. So um, as their interests and proclivities start to emerge, then we just try to steer them in directions that's going to help them to discover that even more and more. Definitely. So, you know, as part of this change, we don't only have the pandemic of a health pandemic, uh, but also an ongoing crisis and situation relating to race and right. diversity and inclusion and all of those issues. I'm wondering if that has found its way into how you think about how you're preparing your students. Well, it, it has to, you know, and Carnegie Mellon, you know, 
there are some people of color there, but basically it's a white institution. And so, um, and, 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 our, and that's reflected in, in the faculty and the staff and in the student body also. Um, so, uh, but we can't avoid what's been happening in our country. I mean, everyone knows about George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and what's, everything that's been happening, Black Lives Matter. And so we're finding um, that the, the need for diversity, equity, and inclusion is uh, so much greater now than it, than it was, or it's more to the forefront of everyone's awareness and attention. So we're, we're finding that um, uh, how does this really influence what we teach? You know, how do we, um, how do we talk about music theory from something other than a European Western standard? You know, how, how do we look at uh, new pieces that uh, need to be performed and find out how they can relate to the current society? Uh, one thing, I shouldn't give this away yet, but um, I'm looking into uh, uh, commissioning an opera that's going to have to, that's going to do with social justice, that's going to have something to do with that. And, and it's going to be interesting because we have basically a white student body of, of opera singers, except for two. So we got to find out a way that, you know, to, to not make them George Floyd or Breonna Taylor, you know, but somehow uh, raise everyone's awareness of these situations and, and how they can be involved as, uh, to become allies and really uh, allow their generation to move, the, to let freedom ring, as John Lewis would say. Yes, yes. Do you feel like there is a, a role that the arts can play itself in terms of affecting these, you know, racial disparities, conflicts, et cetera? And, and, and are there things that our young artists can learn about ways they can use their art disciplines, their artistic disciplines to have a social impact? Yeah, I, I think so. I think um, when we think about arts in, in general, you know, the need for arts is just so foundational and so basic. You know, it's, it's all about community. It's about um, raising our awareness, about stretching our perspectives of life and, and, and using it as, um, as a way to, to grieve, as a way to celebrate, as a way to stretch your heart and stretch your mind. And I think that um, the students now are becoming more aware that, that they are the, the next generation of leaders. They're the ones who are going to take on leadership in the next um, couple decades. And so I think that they're realizing, um, you know, they can start art, arts companies. They can begin, they can be um, artistic directors and, and producers. And I think that um, uh, it's our job just to push them a little bit more and, and to really pay attention and see what they're doing and see what they're thinking about, see what they're talking about so we can move them as ed educators ourselves, move them into um, more responsible roles as, as leaders. Wow. Awesome. So unfortunately, we're beginning to run just a little short on time, but I was curious in terms of your own leadership and your own role as an arts engine, uh, you know, there must be times that things just feel like they're almost overwhelming or challenging. Where do you find your own sources of inspiration, of strength, when you feel like you're faced with significant challenges? Well, um, for me, Aaron, it's a, about creating. I have to always be involved in some kind of creation process. Right now, I'm working on a, a film project with a friend. He's done a 20-minute video that he's, he's asked me to score some music for. And so I sit at the piano and come up with some ideas, and we, we share on Zoom and that sort of thing. But I find that um, creating is, is very foundational to me, me staying inspired. 
that um, I have to be working on some sort of project. Uh, you know, I also conduct the Bach Choir of Pittsburgh here in town. And so we had to come up with what, how do we do a virtual season? So, so it, it um, makes, it forces me to create and forces me to envision what else may be possible. So as long as I'm involved in the creation process, then, uh, then it inspires me, it keeps me moving forward. Thomas Douglas, you truly are one of the great arts engines that is powering human creativity in our field. Thank you so much for taking this time to come on the show. Well, thank you, Erin. It takes one to know one, so you are too, my friend. <laughs> So thank thank you. you.